I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. No place like a pulpit for a little honesty. So uh, maybe it's just me, but Trinity Sunday, bit of a tough sell. Our major feasts and holidays all celebrate events. Christmas, Epiphany, Jesus' baptism, Easter, Pentecost. Trinity Sunday is more like the feast of an idea, the celebration of a theological concept. You could say that Trinity Sunday is a celebration of God's godliness, but I don't know what that makes all the other Sundays, because we certainly speak about the Trinity every single Sunday. It imbues the language of our liturgy, our prayers, our blessings, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is at the core of what we believe. But what that means can be frustratingly elusive when we try to put it into words. Miss Vicki is reading an excellent book with the kids downstairs this morning about the Trinity as an apple, flesh, peel, and seeds. In Sunday school, I learned about the Trinity as a three-leaf clover, one thing in three parts. Some people prefer the metaphor of water, liquid, ice, and vapor. The only trouble is, in seminary, you get to learn the tedious reasons why all our helpful Trinitarian metaphors are wrong. They're all wrong. <laughs> They're not quite it. The reality of God in three persons dances frustratingly out of the realm of speech, of vision, possibly even imagination, to dwell in holy mystery. There is, of course, beauty in mystery. But our feast this morning requires us to begin with acknowledgement that we are perhaps a bit out of our depth. Franciscan friar and teacher Richard Rohr has a book of meditations on the Trinity called The Divine Dance, and he writes, don't start with the one and try to make it into three. Start with the three and see that that is the deepest nature of the one. Start with the three and see that that is the deepest nature of the one. If that is where we start with threeness at the heart of the reality of God, with threeness at the core of who God really is, what can we learn? What do we see? How are we called to be in the world? Out of many possibilities here are three. The first is that God is communal. God is communal. It's one thing to say that God values community, likes community, or even intends us to be in community, but it's something else entirely to say that God is communal. God is relationship. God is intimacy. God is communion. So what does God have to say about our disunion? our segregation, our enmities, our class system, our divisions. As Christians, we are called to take down the dividing walls because at the very heart of our faith, at the heart of life itself, God is communal. Next, we see that God is dynamic. A relationship cannot be static. The parties involved move and shift. God moves and shifts. God comes to us in different guises. Rohr is not the only theologian to use the image of dance because 
How else can we be in relationship with an active and dynamic being? As God moves, we move. God moves with us. In the shifting, we see the different sides of God's face, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is fluid. God is dynamic. And lastly, in the Trinity, we see that God is hospitable. Brenda wrote this week about the famous Andre Rublev icon, the hospitality of Abraham. There's a small reproduction on the front of your announcements. The angels that visited Abraham and Sarah, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit gaze at one another while facing their bodies outward. One gestures to the empty seat at the table. God is in dynamic community with God's self and with us. The purpose of the Trinity is always to draw the circle wider, to make the relationship deeper, to add another dancer to the floor. The author Debbie Thomas writes that the deeper the intimacy between the three grows, the roomier that table grows. Likewise, the closer we draw to the adoration of the three, the wider and more hospitable our hearts grow towards the world. We are constantly being drawn, just as we are, into a deeper relationship with God, and we are called always to be more like God, to be communal people, dynamic people, hospitable people, never fixed or frozen or closed off inside. I think this fluid Trinitarian reality is what gives us those wonderful metaphors in Scripture that we are salt, we are light, multifaceted. The Trinity is not an easy thing, it is a mystery. But to step into it, to join the dance, is to finally, truly understand that God is love. Not just love of us or for us, but love for the whole world. Because more than just what the Trinity is, is why it all matters. Why it matters that God is Father, creator of all, giver of life and light in whose image we are made. Why it matters that God came into the world as the Son to show that even our human frailty can be a means of grace and a hope of glory. In Romans, Paul writes that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope which is to say that with faith, with Jesus as our lens, we can see all at once that we are not intended to suffer, but God will never let us suffer in vain, and God will never let us suffer alone. And that is why it matters that God is spirit, bearing what we cannot bear, seeing what we cannot see. The spirit empowers us to join in the love of God, to experience it and to share it. There may only be one Trinitarian metaphor that gets it right. It comes from St. Augustine. He talks about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as the lover, the beloved, and the love that goes between them. And by the Spirit, we get to participate in that love. More than anything, though, perhaps there is no metaphor that works for our minds as much as knowledge that grows through our hearts that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened, that we may know the hope of God's calling and the surpassing greatness of God's power, whose deepest nature is three in one. 
a mystery that we are blessed to encounter. Brenda says, everyone has a favorite person of the Trinity, the face of God they turn towards the most. And we do that in many ways, in prayer, in service, in fellowship, in formation, just even in singing together. But at the risk of going on and on, I want to share that all of us today have our own portal to this mystery. A trap door is going to swing open, and we all get to go through it in eight to ten minutes. And that is the sanctus, the moment when we all sing, holy, holy, holy. We will sing with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our voices join in the chorus of love that flows from God into the whole world. Blessed creations of the Father, companions of the Son, advocated for by the Spirit, we become vehicles of that blessing and grace. The deep connection between God and God expressed in the love of the sacrament. It's almost beyond contemplation. Almost. Because in that moment, we see that where there is intimacy, there's also awe. And where there is awe, where there is wonder, there is the deep and abiding intimacy of love, of the God who knows us, three in one. Amen. Amen.